Now, we continue with Mile High Magazine. Here's your host, Melissa Moore. Hi, it's Melissa Moore. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday morning for Mile High Magazine. Thrilled to have in here with me this morning, Sabrina Johnson. Uh, you may know her as Shane Ray's mom. Shane Ray, number 56 with the Denver Broncos. Thanks for being here. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. It is such a pleasure. And I know we're coming off a hard Bronco game. Yeah, it was heart wrenching. Yeah, I just I I think it was one of those games too. I just I you were there, and I was like I was up and I was down in my seat at home. And I'm like I I just can't, you know. You just couldn't calm down. No, you couldn't. I mean, it was just like the competition. The you know we're sprinkled in with some chief fans and uh-huh. also, and it was just going back and forth. And actually, you know, in my heart, I thought they would pull it off. I did too. I was just like they're going to win. They're up ten. Yes. You know? But yes. they have to score on that every possession because the Chiefs weren't letting up, and we saw what happened. Yeah, and for you all being from Kansas City, that's yeah. got to be a little tough, too. That's really tough. I thought, yeah. It doesn't stop. You know, like a normal person lives in Denver, and then, you know, the, the Chiefs fans go away, and mm-hmm. you deal with that. No, I get it all the time. My phone was all the uh, texts. Oh, how you feel today? Oh. Go Chiefs, you know, and oh. all this stuff. I get it all day long. I bet you do. Yeah. Now, do you still live in Kansas full-time, Kansas City? I do. During this uh, during the season, I'm in Denver to okay. help Shane. And then the off-season, I'm back home. Yeah. Well, yeah. tell me a little bit about Shane. We're going to talk about some of the charities he's involved with here in a minute. But he is such a remarkable young man. And I was looking at his website and checking that out and looking at his story. and. He had, he came from kind of a rough. What did what did they call that part of Kansas City where you were living in? It was called. It's, it is called the Murder Factory. That is scary just to see that in print. It's scary to even live there. Yeah, the thing is, you know, most of the time when you grow up in an area that's crime ridden, you become desensitized to it because mm-hmm. you live there. You know, it's nothing to see. Come home from school and you see yellow tape up. Oh, somebody got killed. Or somebody's house got, you know, broken into or some house, you know, uh, uh, was on fire. You know, it's nothing. It's mm-hmm. like um, just uh, I think Shane's uh, sophomore year in college, he went home, he, he went away. And uh, our neighbor who was, you know, all the people from our neighborhood just loved the fact that Shane got out. And he was yeah. making something of himself. Two doors up from my mom, uh, someone broke in their house, killed him in front of his mother. Two doors up from my mom's house. And so we knew this guy. We was very good friends with him. Uh, we don't know what he was into or anything like that. But for someone to be that brazen and do something like that, we right. were just like, oh, my gosh, you know. So we've been trying to get my mom to move. And she's like, nope, this is my house. This is where I live. Wow. You know, she's not afraid. And she's still there? Yeah, she's still there. Wow. She won't move. She will not leave. <laughs> she will not leave. That's her house. And, you know, uh, it's just... Uh, it's just a little different. It wasn't as bad when I was younger. Okay. Uh, when I was in school, um, but as these neighborhoods where you have older families living and then they move out or people pass on and then they start renting houses out to people without doing the background checks and right. things like that. Right. And uh, you start opening up to you know this element. And, like, your block might be okay, mm-hmm. but you got to get through three other blocks that are not. Yep. And you run into all different, you know, problems. So our block is where my mom currently lives is a little bit more quieter now because now it's a little older and all mm-hmm. the, you know, drug houses are out and things like that. But, um, you know, but you got four blocks over. Yeah. And you got a shooting every night. Oh, my goodness. Or every other day. I think the last uh, last month we had, like, 23 
That's terrifying. Yeah. So as a single mom, you're raising Shane. You're in this area. You wanted him to get out. Oh, yeah. I was like absolutely was not giving him an opportunity mm-hmm. to be a part of this, to to either lose him to the streets or lose him in my life. And, you know, when he was a baby, when he was born, um, I looked at him and I said, uh, I'm going to give you the best life I can possibly give you. And that was my mission. That was my goal. Um, I pretty much knew then I was going to be a single mom, you know, and I said, no matter what, you're going to have the best life. And so not being just because you live in the urban core or the hood doesn't mean you have to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to allow him to be a part of it. How did you do that? Well, um, you would say I was a hovering mom. <laughs> um, I, I, he went to school um, early years, right up the street. I still, I didn't let him walk to school. It was just up the street. I would drive him up the street. Okay. Um, My mom stayed around the corner for where we lived. I didn't allow him to walk um, until he was much older uh, over my mom's house. I would take him there. I would take him everywhere. And he, I tried to keep him within my side and try to get him involved in activities and things where I would take him there and back. And then he would have friends come over and even it was kind of hard to have them play out in the front. Mm-hmm. So, like, in Kansas City, we have a lot of yard. You know, each home has a lot of yard. And so they would play in the backyard, not the front yard. How come? Because you would have people racing up and down the neighborhoods or you might have a drive-by. Um, I currently, I don't live in the area now. And this was before Shane was drafted. Um, he had came home, I believe it was a sophomore year. And it was my birthday because he wanted to surprise me. And um, we both, he pulled in, like, it was probably about 1030. He came home, and then I was home about 30 minutes later. So we was up laughing and talking about, um, he was like, I'm just happy you had a good time out. And then there was a drive-by across the street. And so it, it was like five minutes. So he's like, Mom, drop down, you know. And so we dropped down, and it was like five minutes of shooting. It seemed like 15 minutes. The police never came. Oh. And so we were like, I told him, I said, tomorrow, I was like, when you go back to school, do not come back home until I buy a house. I'm going to find a house, but you can't come back. I'm not, I, I don't want to be an innocent bystander of somebody's bullet, mm-hmm. of somebody coming to my home. When we got up the next morning, um, we, checked on the, we checked on the family that night. No one died or anything like that. But uh, my neighbor next to me um, she was asleep. She slept through the whole thing. And she woke up. She said, Sabrina, what happened? She said, I woke up and my mirror in my bathroom was shattered. My car is all shot up what? through her garage. She slept through the whole thing. She slept through the whole thing. That's unbelievable. And so my thoughts were, can you imagine not waking up on some stuff that didn't have anything to do with you? So it was just, it was just, you know, I just, I became, I just got, I was over it. Yeah. I was yeah. over it. And I was just like, um. I'm just over this. I know people, you get desensitized and it's just like your neighborhood. You just deal with it. I was like, I'm over it. Mm-hmm. So I moved to an area where I got, um, I got deer. <laughs> I got little turkeys di- walking down the street. A little different. <laughs> yeah. A little bit it's different. It's so quiet. No street lights. I mean, it's so peaceful. Oh. And everybody's like, you're in the country. You got critters out here. Rather critters than bullets. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Love it. So was part of getting Shane and helping him get out of that football? Is that how that played in? Yeah, football. You know, I, I believe no matter whether it's football, baseball, basketball, whatever sport that you're interested in, I think that sports contribute to people 
and it teaches you so many life skills. Mm-hmm. I play sports too. You know, I play basketball and volleyball. And I think it teaches you how to be competitive. It teaches you how to be a team player. It just, you know, you get used to working with people and things like that. So it teaches you some instrumental life skills mm-hmm. that you have to do. And so by having him playing football, and at the time he was very angry. I went through a divorce. His father's not in his life. So he's very, he's got a lot of pent up aggression and things like that. I wanted him to be able to express himself mm-hmm. in a positive way instead of negative, right. fighting or doing something crazy or anything like that. So I figured, I said, you know what, you can play football and then that aggression to be legal. You know, <laughs> you can get out there and do that and just wear him out where yeah. he's tired. And there's other kids that are doing the same thing he's doing instead of something bad. Right. You know? Right. And um, it was it was just a means to an end for me. It just so happened he turned out to be pretty good at it. Yeah, he did. After he had uh, he had a growth spurt at like 13 or 14, he grew like four inches in one summer and then grew two more before he graduated. And so no longer was he a short, chunky kid wearing 52 Huskies. <laughs> he was tall and lean. I and, can't even imagine him being a short, chunky kid. Oh, my gosh, yes. He's, I am forbidden to show any of those pictures. <laughs> I was just getting ready to ask you. I'm like, yeah, he won't allow that one oh, to happen. Oh, no, I'm forbidden. He was like, don't you put any of those chunky, <laughs> chunky pictures in there. So I was like, I won't, I won't do it. So I'm forbidden to do that. So here he is. He's playing football. And, you know, the stories I have read and watched about Shane Ray, he was angry. He was yeah. angry at his dad. He was wanting his motivation for a lot of it was wanting to beat his dad's records. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, his coach talked in college about a switch flipped mm-hmm. when he started playing for his teammates. Mm-hmm. And he started, it just, it was no longer the rage and the mm-hmm. anger and the incredible player that it, he became mm-hmm. after that switch flipped. What was that like as a mom to watch that happen? You know, it was... Uh... It was pretty amazing because um, even though we, we've got through the formative years, right, um, Shane's a pleaser. You know, he, he always wants to do a good job and, and he, he, he doesn't want to let me down or, or anyone he respects let them down. Mm-hmm. He always wants to be the best at what he's doing. So after we went through those years, high school years, which were kind of tough, and he was kind of learning himself and, and, and he got picked up at Mizzou, um, he... he he was kind of selfish in the way that he played in meaning not in a bad way, but like it was what he was envisioning, what he had to do to knock off his father. And it was about him and, mm-hmm. and his desires to be better than his dad instead of, okay, I'm going out here and playing for my brothers, my team and things like that. So he played well, but I mean, he didn't really start shining to that switch flipped yep when that switch flipped because i think his roommates talked to him said dang shane you know dude you're good but he said you're always thinking about you you know you didn't get to do this and you didn't do that and you know what about us you know we're not even getting to play but you're getting to play mm-hmm. and you know you should be thankful that you you know you're blessed with this gift and da, 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 da. and and he just said you know and when he changed when that switch flipped the coaching staff loved him and you could just see him just blossom. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was really cool to see. And again, for me, it's about him becoming a good person, right. learning those life skills, yep. you know, knowing that, you know, it's a bigger picture is bigger than you to work Being together. Being a giver and not just a taker exactly. of life. So those things were, it was just amazing for me. But in the same token, 
once you accept what you're doing and you and and you become who you are, then everything else falls into place. Yep. Everything else that you're driving for just kind of falls in mm-hmm. when you're doing these things. And so as he became that team player and has became for his skills to advance and things like that, the All-American, breaking the sack record, mm-hmm. all of those things came into play. And again, for me, it was just him growing as a person. Right. I wasn't realizing in the back end that NFL was a possibility for him because I was always told don't believe the hype. Don't get caught up in it. Don't right. read your own press, you know, because there's a lot of people come through here that's good and they don't make it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So just kind of stay balanced. Right. So I never thought about that. I was just like, oh, we're going to get a free education. He's right. Gonna get a, he's going to get a, his degree. He'll be the second in our family to get it. I was the first. I'm yeah. like, I'm just so happy about that. And you were then, looking at him as a person. And this is this was a means to an end mm-hmm. to grow, get an education help yourself get out of the situation that we exactly. had done. Yeah. And so I couldn't afford to send him to Mizzou. And I was right. like, you got a free education. You get to play a sport you love. I mean, you're just living a life of Riley right now. Yep. I'm like, this is great. And then you'll be, uh, be able to take care of your kids. They won't be living with me. <laughs> with that. Love you, but yeah, don't want you. everybody here. <laughs> don't want to be doing that, raising a 30-year-old man. Uh, no. But um, then other stuff happened. And I was like, whoa. And Gary Pinkle pulled me aside and he was like, you know, we put Shane out there and his, uh, I guess, you know, in order for you to go to the NFL, they have to give like a survey from all the coaches in the NFL right. or whatever. Right. Is that you, the combine? Is that what they call it? Or? Well, the combine you go to, but it's right. like they tell you if if you ranked first or second round okay. and anything after that, they tell you to stay in school. Mm. So they said Shane went first round all across the board. And he was like, if that was my son. I would tell him to forego his last year in college and go. That was a big deal for me. I bet it was. Because I wanted him to get his degree. Uh And he had six hours at the time to to complete. And um, I talked to him and everybody was in my ear. They was like, oh, you're crazy. Let him go. And I was like, but those boys, he needs to have this this document. He needs to Mm -hmm. have that. So if that falls through, he has a plan B, all this kind of stuff. So he told me, he said, mom, if you let me go. I promise I'll go back and get my degree. I promise I'll mm-hmm. do that. And I was like, okay. So I went ahead and said, you've got my blessing. And that's how the NFL piece came into it. So where's the degree stand now? He still has six hours to okay. go. Okay. So you're going to hold so him to that. I'm I holding him that. So okay. he, cause you know, he was like, mom, give me, a, you know, let me get into this football thing and get it together. And then yeah. I promise I'll, I'll do that. If you've just joined me, we're talking to Sabrina Johnson. She is mom to number 56, Shane Ray. You're so much more than just his mom. But I love the fact that we're talking not about football, but about the fact of what it's like to be a single mom, what you've overcome and how Shane, who is now part of our Denver Broncos is giving back in the community. If you want to check out his website, it's 56 shaneray.com. We're going to have part two of this interview coming up next week on Mile High Magazine. We're going to talk more about the struggles, what Shane Ray has overcome, and also how he's really making a difference here in the Denver community with giving back. I'm Melissa Moore. It's Mile High Magazine. Thank you so much for being here on this Sunday morning.